Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Here we go. Hoop Ballers! Welcome back. To another episode of Today in Sports Betting. I'm your host, Devin Ellington at DALE007 on Twitter. This is a hoop-ball.com presentation. Also, at Hoopball Gaming is where you will find everything uh, in regards to this show. We got a really, really, really Awesome show today. Really excited. Kind of hinted at it on Twitter earlier in the day. We're recording this about noon, Central Standard, 1 Eastern, West Coast. I'm not too sure. That's too much math. Um, But very excited. Second time this gentleman's been on the show. Really sharp mind. Really bright guy. Going to get right into it. but first, I want to talk about Manscaped real quick, just because, you know, they're the show sponsor. Weed Whacker just came out and take care of all those needs for the ear hair, the nose hair. Like I always say, I'm pushing 30 now, so I understand it a whole lot more. And, um, you know, this product will help you with all that with anti-tugless technology. You go over there to manscaped.com, use promo code HOOPBALL20. And then uh, you get free shipping and 20% off. And on top of that, really great products. I recommend the Complete Care Kit. It's got a little bit of everything in it. So check that out. Let them know we sent you. Use that promo code and go from there. Okay, okay. Um, It's going to be college basketball heavy. So if you guys don't want to listen to that, I would suggest uh, saving your next hootball experience for Monday with Vince. (laughs) But Without further ado, I'm going to bring uh, Jason Radowitz in. We, uh, man, Jason, I don't know where to start. Sabre, Docs, you know, your grad assistant stuff at Hartford. I don't want to spill the whole can of beans, so I'll let you go ahead, bud. Um, He's at Jason Radowitz, Jason underscore Radowitz on Twitter. Jason, thanks again, bud. I appreciate you having me. Uh, Yeah, college basketball has been – in my blood, you know, basically since I've been born, really, um, you know, like during the NCAA tournament, when I was in middle school and I was in high school, I would make sure to miss class Thursdays and Fridays to uh, to watch March Madness with my friends, call out sick. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of got me really into college basketball and uh, loving the sport. Um, it's just such a fun atmosphere. And obviously, once you get fans back, it'll be even greater. Uh, but college basketball, it, it, it's such a great sport. And um, you know, a lot of people say it's not predictable, but uh, I, I disagree. <laughs> it's predictable because if you look at my uh, look at my stats in terms of betting, um, we're predicting on the right side more times than not. So uh, that, that's the good part. Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the conference of which you have experience in, and that's the MAAC. I talk about the MAC and the MAC. Uh, so I say on the podcast a lot, um, but I, I just love your insight. Like I said, we've interacted on Twitter. You're a really bright and nice guy, and I do appreciate all of your time, obviously. 
um, like you said, your stats speak for themselves. You, you're you're kind of planted in, and planted can be maybe used as a bad term sometimes, so I'm in no offense, but, uh, you know, you are established in, you know, some of these prevalent and known, um, you know, bureaus, so to say, out there within the sports uh, industry, real credible, you know, docs. I remember, you know, docs is like when the WWW first started, you know, the worldwide web, like, they're dial, they're a dial up website, if memory serves me right. Yeah, you got docs, you got Sportsbook Review, and uh, with Sportsbook Review, I, I'm doing the baseball show starting in April. Um, that's where I kind of really kind of took off with my following and, uh, you know, people paying attention to, to my work. It was really the baseball season. Um, and so that we're going to get started again uh, going in, you know, in April. So uh, sports don't stop, which is, you know, really great for the industry, especially if you know more than one sport, uh, because that can really help you uh, keep kind of growing uh, your brand and, and your record and bring in secondary income and all that good stuff. So, um, you know, right after college basketball season's over, we got the baseball season. So um, lots of action. I am so happy you brought up the um, baseball because, as you know, um, totals, win totals just released. And um, I already know which one I'm looking at. Um, I, I don't know if you've looked or if you got an opinion. I just want to throw it out there. I'm excited for baseball. Like you said, I, I – I remember I thought you had a MLB, you know, backbone or like a backstory as well. Um, I remember you being very successful in it. And I just, I'm so happy you brought it up. Um, Pirates over 58, you know, that's just too low. There's not a lot of times in the MLB season where there's that much futility, um, that 60 to 62 mark. Um, you, we see these crazy and outrageously uh, low win totals for some bad teams. Sure. But um, it's not a lot of times where we get a lot of teams, uh, you know, losing or I'm sorry, winning less than 60 games or less than 62 games. So catchers, pitchers report very, very soon. And I cannot be more excited. Yeah, you know, like the Colorado Rockies, for example, their number is set at 64.5. And I would say that there's more of a chance the Rockies do the worst in the MLB this season compared to, to the Pirates. So uh, the Rockies, the, these are this is a, a team that didn't do anything in free agency whatsoever. They lost Nolan Arenado. Um, it just seems like an absolute dumpster fire over there. They haven't really done anything to, to help their team. They definitely, definitely did a lot to hurt their team, losing Arenado. Uh, so I would think the Rockies have worse chance at – getting 60 wins than Pittsburgh does. You know, you look at that NL Central, for example, the Cubs didn't get better. Obviously, the Cardinals, they did get Arenado, but, you know, the Brewers, I'm not sure if they got, you know, a heck of a lot better either. So the NL Central is really wide open. I'm not saying the Pirates are going to win the, the division, but there, there's no front runner in that Central division. Uh, and with that said, Pittsburgh can definitely win some games, especially in the Central, because there's no clear-cut team that's just going to destroy them every single game. And that might be that might hold true, that might not hold true. But uh, just looking just looking at these teams and, and their divisions, I think the Rockies are going to have a lot worse time this season. Yeah, you know, and what I think is really awesome, and it just goes to show how easygoing and just insightful you truly are, Jason. Uh, we we were swearing up and down, and we wanted to sign a decree that this show is going to be college basketball heavy. Now look at us doing deep dives on <laughs> MLB win totals, and I'm about to throw some other stuff in the gamut. So yeah. you just hold on there, buddy, okay? <laughs> you got <laughs> so, it. NL, uh, AL division odds are out also. And I um, am just for the first time kind of unpacking this for myself also. You know, shame on me. But, you know, like we said, college basketball, it's in both of our bloods. Um, how about the Mets plus 140 pre-flop? I don't know if you play pre-flop or do any kind of futures wagers. Uh, I mean, I think you do because you talk about win totals. But uh, how about, you know, plus 140 for the Mets? Is that too diluted? Is there any value there? I mean, they're right there neck and neck with the Braves at plus 130. I could see either one of those two teams winning this division. 
the Mets got so much better in this offseason, obviously from top to bottom with new ownership. And uh, look at all the pitching aces they just got compiled. Yeah, you know, they just got Taiwan Walker uh, for two years, 20 mil. And, um, you know, he'll fill the void, you know, until Syndergaard gets back. And, you know, once Syndergaard gets back, they'll, they'll have six, you know, solid pitchers that could, you know, pitch any single day. Uh, maybe David Peterson, the, the lucky man, uh, or not the lucky man, the guy that uh, wouldn't be the starting uh, pitcher, you know, once uh, Syndergaard comes back. But, yeah, they, they have so much talent um, on this team. Obviously, getting Francisco Lindor, uh, I think that's one of the most underrating, uh, underrated, you know, trades of the season so far, um, or the you know the off season because Lindor he's a switch hitter. He might he reminds you a lot about Jose Reyes, and you know how 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 great was Jose Reyes when he was a Met uh, in his prime, switch hitter, great shortstop, great fielder, lots of energy, really fun, really talented. I mean, that's all that Lindor is is what Jose Reyes was. Um, so it, it definitely excites you knowing Lindor is a Met and, uh, you know, obviously the Mets have Jacob deGrom, the best pitcher in baseball. And, uh, you know, I think the funniest stat of it all, and I don't know where most people stand with this, but if you look at career ERAs on the Mets, their entire starting rotations, all six players, they all have a better career ERA than Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer, of course, just signed a three year, a hundred million dollar deal with the Dodgers. And, um, Every single pitcher on the Mets has a better career ERA. It doesn't mean they're going to pitch better, going to pitch better than Bauer. It just means that they've had sustained success throughout their careers more than Bauer. Is Bauer definitely turning, a, you know, a, a page and a chapter in his book? Yeah, of course he is. Bauer is not going to uh, be be bad at all. He'll be he'll pitch well, and he's got a lot of offense behind him, which will help his win total uh, immensely. But the reality is really good rotation and um their hitting is really terrific too you go down that order and you might see like brandon nimmo batting eighth that's ridiculous yeah you know nimmo is a, a stud you know he's able to get on the base paths rather easily in terms of walking in terms of getting base hits whatever the case might be so uh we're still waiting we're, we're still waiting to see if the dh is in play for the nl if the dh is in play for the nl the Mets are going to look a lot better because then they could go Pete Alonso, they could put him at DH, put Dom Smith at first base, Love and then they can go to left field and get, you know, they can put whoever they really want there. They just got a couple bench players. They can put J.D. Davis there. They can do a whole lot there. So um, a lot a lot of uh, success will come from the Mets, and uh, especially if they add that DH. Yeah, I, I would play that. Yeah. Um, some really great points and some personnel takes as well. Um, what I really enjoy about the Mets team, well, like you said, Dom, Dom Smith, he's probably my favorite player on that Mets roster. Just the way he plays kind of reminds me of like a Fred McGriff. Um, but, you know, just they're, they're kind of, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but like lackadaisical, just kind of like, you know, mm -hmm. Uh, they're kind of close to those late '80s Mets, minus the cocaine and hard drugs. Uh, they're just like their their philosophy, I think. You know, and I think it's kind of coming more to shape with this new ownership and uh, moving on from the crazy amount of futility they've had. So I'm interested to see the Mets be good again. It's been, I mean, I was a young young mm -hmm. lad when the Mets were decent, so yeah. um, I haven't really seen it in my lifetime, <laughs> so to say. But uh, Hmm. I wanted to ask one more, but I'm really anxious to get into college basketball. So we'll hold off on the, in the <laughs> divisional stuff. Um, of course, we can always get more takes at a later time. I, I wanted to ask you about some Indian stuff, but we'll, we'll, we'll save that. <laughs> um, so last night um, for college basketball, that, that was a pretty fun night. I think I, I looked and saw what happened with your stuff and um there's some really quality games, obviously. And, um, you know, did you have a – how did last night treat you? Yeah, uh, last night was great. I went four and one. Uh, Iowa won first half. Southern Utah minus three in the first half. Eastern Washington minus 3.5 in the first half. Washington State minus 145 full game. Uh, and the, the one loss was Arizona-UCLA over 64 and a half. But 
I lost that by four points. And um, UCLA went zero of 10 from three in the first half. And uh, that's what kind of lost it there because they're averaging about, you know, 36% from three. So all they had to do was make two out of 10 and uh, would have won that bet. But um, still wasn't, it was still a solid day, 80%. Uh, funny though, with Washington State, their best player or really best two players didn't play in that game. So when I locked in minus 145, it went down to like minus 115. And uh, a lot of people were questioning, like, you know, is that a good play now or whatever? You know, I, I I figured these guys would be out in the first place. And I was like, all right, it's still a steal at minus 145. And I had thought that, you know, the odd makers kind of factored that in already that, that like Isaac Bodden wouldn't play for Washington State. And uh, apparently when the news dropped that he wasn't playing, it dropped down to a minus 110. But, you know, me, I already thought that they already had that kind of in the line. I thought Washington State would be like a minus 250 favorite. And, uh, well, anyway, they ended up winning by uh, 30 plus or whatever it was, 30, 30 points or whatever uh, late night. So uh, really fun, but really um, weird. I thought that the uh, the oddsmakers already had that in and they didn't. So I got terrible value on it, but I still got good value on it in terms of my analytics. It was just kind of funny. Yeah, you know, in the market for college basketball has been doing some wildly weird things here recently. There's some odd things going on in today's card that I'm trying to sift through. And, uh, you know, for me personally, last night, it was it was good uh, for the hoop ballers as well. And we, um, you know, between my uh, free and, uh, you know, the wager pass plays, you know, we had an eight and two night and Colorado um couldn't pull through. I had them on the money line at plus 140 um they looked decent you know three quarters of the game um, they missed all the shots late yeah like the last seven minutes and then the turnovers the stupid turnovers they, they were just yeah. going to fall into empty spaces of the court um just kind of bouncing it off of each other um stupid stuff like that but you know it, otherwise it was and it was an enjoyable night of college basketball. Ohio State got down early, um, came back. Once they lost the lead and took it back again, they didn't, you know, they shut the barn door on that one. And then, um, you know, there's some other small schools. I, I was sweating Longwood. Um, I had to watch them try to hit, you know, seven of their last ten free throws for me to feel comfortable about the cover. But that was a fun one also. Yeah, like the, the those conferences, those mid-major conferences are uh, kind of where you know I'm finding some sweet spots. And like today, I have three plays that I'm playing, and they're all mid-major games. And um, obviously, Fridays we don't really get high-major games, but we, we might get like a, some Atlantic Ten games. But uh, really, no high majors. They save all that kind of for Saturday. And of course, with um, all the snow in the South, we we missed out on a ton of SEC and. And Big 12 games uh, this week. So, um, you know, having a little bit uh, more intrigue in these major conferences has done us well. Uh, and it's been fun, but uh, definitely excited to get the SEC and the Big 12 and those games back uh, because I definitely missed those. And, and you know, obviously, we'll see them on Saturday. Yeah. You know, this um, weather kind of, you know, it's good to see the postponements coming from weather versus the virus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I guess that's a bright side, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bummed. I missed out on the Texas Southern Jackson state game a couple of days ago. I was looking forward to that one, but uh, gotta, gotta move on. But um, one last tidbit from last night, and I just want to throw this out to you because uh, you said you were on Southern Utah as well. Um, real nice, fun little team out there in the Valley. I think they're in their second or third year of D one ball. Um, still pretty new. Um, but uh, I threw a little just little Hail Mary parlay together last night. I never parlay. Like I, I, <laughs> but I'm starting to pick a lot more straight up, you know, because of uh, making picks on tally site and other affiliates and whatnot. But Ohio State, you know, had them on the card. And this is all money line. So uh, Ohio State, BYU, uh, Oregon State, Southern Utah, Colorado. And uh, it was at plus 12.95. So that Colorado game really stung me last night. I, and then I'm not bitter, but I, I can move on now. <laughs> but uh, for today's card Friday, you said you had some great mid-major stuff. And that's actually the title of the Friday episode. Usually when I talk about just about every college ball game, 
you know, we, I love the mid-major here. Um, it's so fun. I'm, I've been looking forward to covering more of the Bell Armine basketball team, um, making the jump. And, you know, a lot, I'm getting into a lot of the Big West, uh, you know, stuff for tonight. But uh, you said you had some, so why don't you throw yours out first and I'll show you one of mine. Yeah, so um, uh, I've been really into first halves instead of full games. And, you know, a lot of people ask me why. And when you're looking at the stats, it all plays out kind of how expected. When you go to that second half, teams start to kind of slow down the tempo or they'll up the tempo because they're losing or you'll get a ton of fouls late in the game. And it kind of throws off all the analytics that you're already looking at. So if you have, if you have, a, if you have a team that's like a really up-tempo team and they're going up against, you know, another up-tempo team in the second half, the underdog is, you know, winning, they're going to slow it down a little bit. They're not going to go up-tempo anymore. So that kills the over or, you know, obviously if you have the under and you're doing really well, but then it's a close game and then they're starting get some fouls or whatnot it screws it all over in the second half so um, I'm mainly a first half guy right now and uh, that's been treating me well because it's just more true to like the stats that I'm pointing out uh, so for example today I'm on Georgia State minus 4.5 in the first half at minus 125 and Troy they're one of the worst offenses in the nation they're 334th in adjusted efficiency uh, they shoot just 43.7% effective field goal percentage. They turn the ball over at a ridiculous pace. They shoot 28% from three and just 44.7% inside the arc. Um, then you have like Georgia State, they're a respectable offense. They got an effective field goal percentage of 50.3. Uh, they dominate the offensive glass. They'll be at home. They rarely turn the ball over and they get to the line at a solid pace. Um, of course, Georgia State, they will struggle from the line. They just shoot 31.1%, but they're going up against a Troy team that they just don't close out. Like they don't defend the three-point line at all. Troy's allowing teams to shoot 37.1% from three. So I wouldn't be shocked if Georgia State starts shooting better from three than their average at home. Uh, that would just, but, but like that would just be the icing on the cake because Georgia State, they're just really dominant inside. They're shooting 52.4% inside. The offense moves at a really fast pace. And um, obviously if we're getting a fast-paced game, that means more possessions. Now, when you get more possessions, which team would you rather be on? That offense I just talked about in Troy, where I said they're the worst offense in the nation, or would you rather be on Georgia State at home uh, in what would potentially be a two-possession uh, a two-possession spread in 20 minutes of action, where you get more possessions, more misses from, uh, from Troy, and you get a lot better offense and easy makes inside from – Georgia State. Uh, so I like Georgia State in this matchup in the first half. They are really, really good in the first half this season, especially at home. Uh, they're scoring 40.2 points in the first half on average at home this season. Uh, Troy's not even not even close to that. Uh, Troy, they're shooting 29. They're scoring 29.1 points in the first half. So that is a big margin. And uh, even if you like go off the first half for home and away, Georgia State 36.3 points, Troy 29.8. So Troy still can't get that 30-point range, while Georgia State should be able to get at least 36. So I love this matchup for Georgia State, minus 4.5 in the first half at minus 125. So that's one of my official plays. Sharing the official plays early. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> um, so with that game, you know, I, I love getting insight um, analysis from you, obviously. The uh, full game, and I put this as a uh, pick over on tally site, but I took the points with Troy. So I'd like to see that uh, first half full game play out. Um, could be real fun. Nice sandwich there. Yeah. But um, speaking of uh, other first half action, I actually only had one, but, you know, I did notice, you know, last I was like looking through your stuff and I was like, man, yeah. Man, look at all these first halves and, uh, you know, team totals and stuff. So I, and I've actually been trying to look for more of that stuff myself, um, you know, kind of diversify what I've been looking at to kind of also further how I, uh, you know, maybe a, picturing a game script or what have you whenever I'm writing my write-ups uh, and whatnot. So 
Um, this Youngstown State IUPUI game, IUP, that's usually what mm-hmm. I say. But, um, you know, the first half, you know, just throwing basic, you know, black and white numbers out there as far as what they do in the first half. Um, IUPI, uh, IUP, uh, first half, 33 and a half points scored in the first half, which is best for, you know, middling like 154th in the country. But, you know, Youngstown State, the Penguins, they, they do uh, play a little more loose, uh, you know, coming out the gates, you know, their guards. Um, really, really love to run the tempo. 35.1 points allowed, which is, you know, 254th worst in the country for first half opponent points per game. Um, so I, I'm looking at a team total over of, uh, um, where did I have that? You know, I just lost it. I think it was 30, 31 and a half, 32. Um, but anyways, I was looking at it and I was breaking it down a little for myself. And, you know, the success that um, IUPUI, gosh, I shouldn't have picked this game. That's going to kick my butt all topic. Um, But, you know, they're a pretty balanced team, you know. Um, Turnovers, they're not, you know, they're not garbage. They don't create a lot, but they also don't just willingly give it over. Um, They, uh, you know, they're middling as far as, irresponsible fouls they're pretty fundamental so and once they get a couple threes to go down they usually have some success and um, they defend the three pretty well um best uh or for 64th best um in the country with 6.3 threes made per game from their opponents so um really interesting to see if they can slow down some of the efficiency of Youngstown State and get a little of their own going. Um, right now they're uh, almost 200th as far as effective field goal percentage sitting right under 50%. So if they can get started early and get over that team total, uh, over 34, I'm sorry, I was off by a couple. I knew I was, that's why yeah. I wanted to find it. Over 34, um, I'm looking at that because I think the game script flows a little nicely to the over also. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Look, uh, Youngstown State, they're terrible from three. So um, IUPUI definitely going to be able to defend the perimeter uh, in that spot. And obviously Youngstown State on their defensive end, they've been terrible. Like you said, uh, you know, 328th in just efficiency on defense. They allow an effective civil percentage of 55.5%. They're allowing 36.5% from three, 55.9%. Uh, inside, so uh, things aren't aren't doing uh, aren't good for uh, Youngstown State, especially on the defensive end. So there's definitely some room for IUPUI to score uh, in this game for sure. Yeah, um, like I said, just a feeling about that IU that that Indiana Purdue team. I'm not going to try again. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you know I love those uh, adjusted efficiencies um, and th- those number breakdowns. Um, you know, that's always something that is an added element of a breakdown that just kind of spices it up a good amount. Um, so let's transition into some Fairfield action because I've got them plus five and a half. I wanted to see if you thought this was a dumb or a sour bet or uh, if there's some value into it. Yeah, uh, Fairfield, they're an interesting team, right? They're 333rd in uh, Ken Palm right now. Uh, they're playing Canisius, and um, yeah, look, Fairfield, they're, they're a tough team to to really look at. Uh, their effective low percentage, really not good, 45.2%. So they're just scoring 30.2% from three, 306 in the nation. Inside, 45%, 311th in the nation. Um, and uh, they might turn the ball over a little bit more uh, than you might be used to seeing. Um, it, it's tough with this team. They're, they're either they're in or they're out. But on defense, they should be able to um, at least get thumb stops. 
Canisius uh, isn't the best offense either. Uh, so maybe I would probably look at the under in this game. I'm not entirely sure what the under is. It's probably pretty low to begin with. Um, Seven. Yeah, so I, yeah, I, I think I would go with the under there. You have two offenses that are shooting uh, 313th and 323rd in effective low percentage. So um, I don't expect either uh, team to really do well offensively. Now, you do have to note, though, uh, Canisius, they, they are 84th in tempo in terms of offense. So they're looking to get up and down the, the court, which means added possessions. Then Fairfield, they are really slow, and they're playing at home. And if they Fairfield can get the lead early, they'll definitely be able to uh, slow the, the game down a little bit, and um, they'll work their half court out. But if they're trailing early, then they're going to have to kind of move a little bit faster, and that takes them out of rhythm and um, could be a disaster from there. Like, I don't expect Fairfield to get offensive rebounds. I don't expect them to uh, get to the foul line much. And even if they do get to the foul line, it wouldn't even matter because they're shooting – 67.3% from the line. It's an interesting game. Um, Canisius, they, they shoot a lot of threes and um, they don't really make a ton of threes. So that's another thing to look at. And um, I don't think either team will really get second chances. So once they shoot and miss, it's more uh, one and done than, than getting a second chance there. So interesting game, hard to analyze. But, yeah, you never know what, what team you're going to get out of Fairfield. Yeah, you know, as far as the MAAC goes, the MAC, um, typically an under league, um, lower tempos for the most part, um, pretty, uh, some, like, you know, just real fundamental based um, offensive schemes. It's why, it's why I love the, the league, to be honest. It's one of my favorites. Um, and I wanted to kind of expand on a little bit of Kanisha's point here. I've noticed in their schedule, they've had so many interruptions. You know, they get a game in here, then they have to miss a few days, and then they get, you know, maybe a back-to-back here. You know, they're only five and three on the year, so they don't, they only, you know, they have less than 10 games. And uh, the interruptions, you know, that's going to interrupt the chemistry and the flow of the offense, I believe. So to take your point and piggyback on it a little on the under, I think that's brilliant. And, um, you know, it actually kind of makes me like Fairfield maybe to – win this game outright, maybe do something crazy, but uh, not an official play because, you know, here's the deal. It's a pretty bad Fairfield team. Canisius, obviously, the better quality of team. But uh, this does seem like one of those MAAC games where the five-and-a-half-point dog could win by 20. <laughs> so, But um, take an A out of it, and we'll transition to the MAC. I cannot get a read on this, Jason, so I was hoping maybe you had maybe some sort of take on it. I've been racking my brain. The rebounding on it's just absolutely nuts. But, okay, it's Toledo and Buffalo. Um, the rebounding, like I said, for Toledo, they're 313th in opponent offensive rebounds per game. They give up about 10 a game. And they're also down their leading rebounder, um, A.J. Adu. And, you know, Buffalo, one of the best rebounding teams in the country. But as I was thinking about this, you know, I was wondering, you know, is this one of those things that lines up perfectly for a statistical measure or a game script for a team or an advantageous point for them to attack another team and it just go the opposite way? So, you know, it's happened before for me uh, and I'm sure other people. But the rebounding, I can't get over it and I can't place, you know, if this is going to go, it's a high total. It's 163. I can't place it, Jason. Yeah. And, you know, Toledo and Buffalo, they both do really well defending the three. Yeah. yeah so Buffalo, uh, the teams are just shooting 26.9% against them. Toledo teams are just shooting 30.2%. Um, of course, we're going to see a lot of offensive rebounds in this game. But, I mean, you're relying on so much for the total to, to – yet. You need both teams to score 80 points, like more, like more than 80 points. Like, like that's just ridiculous. And we've seen, you know, these teams have their slumps here and there at times. And, like, neither team could have one slump in this game to reach that total. And, yes, I get, I, I get it. Like, Buffalo, they're a really fast-tempo team. They take 14.5 seconds per possession on offense. But Toledo is not the quickest. They're 148th in the nation. Um 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree with this uh, at all. I, I would, you know, if I had to choose, I'd take the under. But, like, so many things have to happen right um, for the over. It would just be nonsense. But if I had to pick a team in this game, I think I would go Buffalo. It, 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 it's tough. Like, Buffalo, they, they – like, how do you shoot well from the field and then not shoot well from the foul line? Like, it makes no sense. Uh, but I do think that Buffalo is the better – obviously the better defensive team. And uh, if they could defend well enough, they'll win this game uh, because they're just as tall of an offense as Toledo is. Maybe Toledo's a little bit better, but um, the reality is I think Buffalo gets more offensive rebounds. So let's say Buffalo misses more from the field, they'll get more offensive rebounds and more second chances. So Buffalo better defense, Buffalo getting more second chances. I would think that Buffalo has a chance to win this game, but like let's say it comes down to, to foul shooting. Well, then Toledo has the advantage. So definitely a game I would stay away from. But, um, yeah, the over is ridiculous. Yeah, it's on my holds. Um, I was just, like I said, trying to make heads or tails of it. Um, the guards for both teams rebound really well. The, uh, you know, balance of the Buffalo offense. They have three players scoring 15 points per game. Um, Buffalo on defense, uh, they got the advantage head-to-head with Toledo. Uh, in offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, blocks, steals, um, and opponent effective field goal percentage. So really weird Mac game. Mac really, really feels weird to me tonight uh, overall um, and in general. And so the next game, and unless hey, you, you want to throw one out, Jason? Like, do you have other ones that you're just rearing at the bit to maybe talk about? Yeah, sure. So uh, one of my other plays that I'm on today, um, I got Long Beach State minus four first half against Cal Poly. And uh, Cal Poly, another atrocious offense. Uh, They're scoring an average, and they played seven games on the road. They're scoring an average of 24.7 points in the first half on the road. Uh, This team, Cal Poly, They've only got to 70 points in two games this season. And the two games were against San Jose State and Cal State Northridge. Now, again, like you know, like we talked about, uh, Long Beach, they've they've had their 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 absence, right, due to COVID. And um, you know, they've only played, you know, so they, they had a game on January 9th, then they played Cal Baptist on January 23rd, then they had a, another layoff, and then they played UC Davis. February 12th and February 13th, with, which were, uh, you know, the, their last games on the schedule. Um, and now they're playing Cal Poly. Uh, now they lost to UC Davis by two each game. One game in overtime, one game in regulation. Uh, but UC Davis, they're, they're a quality team. They're 221st in uh, Ken Palm. They're, they're a good squad. Uh, I think Long Beach definitely comes back at home a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more um, they, they just play better, right? They're, they're, they got an effective field goal percentage of 50.9%, 137th in the nation. Yes, they turn the ball over a ton, but is Cal Poly really that big of a threat in terms of forcing turnovers? Not really. Offensive rebounding, yeah, Long Beach State doesn't do that too, uh, too well, but Cal Poly doesn't do uh, defensive rebound too well. So um, Long Beach State will probably end up finding some, uh, some balls in their hands and for second chances. And uh, what stands out to me for Long Beach State, they're coming back home. They shoot 37.6% from three. And Cal Poly, they're allowing 38.1% from three. Uh, Also, Long Beach, they get to the line at a really solid rate. Seventh in the nation in free throw attempts to field goal attempts. Uh, So that's huge. They'll get to the line. Cal Poly will will, uh, foul. They they do foul above the league average. Uh, But then you go on the Cal Poly side, and it's like atrocious. 90.5 90.5 adjusted efficiency on the offense, 345th in the nation. Effective field goal percentage, 42.9%, 342nd in the nation. Offensive rebounding, atrocious. Long Beach State, not better. Defensive rebounding, but again, the rebounding will kind of be uh, neck and neck throughout the entire game. I wouldn't be worried about it either way, uh, but obviously, we're getting more shots. Long Beach State's going to score a heck of a lot more, they're going to the line more. And uh, they're going to shoot better, obviously, from three. 
Cal Poly, 29.1% from three, 42.4% inside. That's just atrocious, 340th in the nation. And for threes, 320th in the nation, 29.1%, like I just said. So uh, Cal Poly, again, struggling from the field, especially on the road uh, in the first half. They don't get off to good starts. And uh, I think Long Beach kind of, uh, this, this is the game where they have to kind of, you know, prove themselves a little bit after losing two games to UC Davis by two each. They got to go out there and prove that they're still a quality team. They're still going to do something in the Big West. Obviously, they've had a ton of time off. Uh, but I think this is a game where they're going to be eager to get back and um, to win. And Cal Poly is that team that they need to sweep. And they need to sweep badly. They need to win by double digits in both these games. And they're not going to win by double digits if they're losing in the first half. So I like them to be aggressive in the first half, really shoot well from the field. And uh, Cal Poly, I expect them to struggle from the field, especially they always do on the road um, in the first half. So I'm all over Long Beach State, minus four in the first half. Another official play for me. Well, I absolutely locked it in as you were talking about it because I was looking at that Cal Poly game and um, I'm glad you brought it up, you know. Uh, That's the pleasures and benefits of having a smart mind like you on the show. You kind of just do my work for me. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, two official plays from Jason Ravitz right there, Hootballers. So uh, again, remember, check them out at docspicks.com. And then you can also find them on, uh, now is, is it sbr.com? How, how do you guys have that domain set up, Jason? Yeah, so it's a sports book review. I'm not sure if it goes through it. I think it does. I should have been more prepared. No, so it's, it's just it's sportsbookreview.com. Uh, if you write sbr.com, it goes to Sunbelt Rentals. So you'll not get any information there. But if you go to a sportsbook review, you'll get to, you'll get some information. We can't help you out with any rentals. Well, actually, <laughs> I, I can if you're in the state of Oklahoma and you need some hardware rentals, uh, that kind of stuff. I got you. <laughs> um, so we were talking about you know the the West Coast and you know some of those teams over there. You you mentioned Cal State Northridge and their struggles uh, amongst your points made about how Cal Poly is pretty terrible. Um, I'm on Hawaii tonight, and um, this Hawaii team, I didn't realize this, but I broke down some of their, or I looked into some of the numbers as far as their uh, defensive metrics. Um, 13th in the country as far as opponent assists the field goal made, and that's actually what um, Cal State Northridge does best. Um, You know, they're 191st in the country at assists field goal made, um, field goals made uh, as a team. So look for Hawaii to squash that probably real quick and early. Also, they stifle opponent assists per game. So they just they're really good about keeping emotion offenses in check and filling any passing lanes. And then also they are aggressive on the boards, uh, 53rd in the country in total rebounds. And then they're top 100 as far as opponent points per game, allowing 68.2, um, squeaking in top 100 at 99th. But nonetheless, my point stands. Um, and then they're just an overall even kill, efficient, balanced offense. I think they're just going to death by a thousand cuts this Northridge team all night. And, you know, you're seeing a diluted line because Hawaii's lost two in a row and they looked pretty bad. But the two wins that they picked up before those losses were Cal Poly. Um, you know, we can beat that dead horse again if we want. <laughs> there. Um, and then, you know, then they beat, um, I believe, the third here. I got it written down somewhere. Uh, UC Irvine, you know, they, they got that UC Irvine win, which is, you know, always a decent look. Irvine's a decent program out in that conference. So I'm um, looking for Hawaii to probably stretch this out to maybe a seven or eight point victory. I think that's truly what the line would be, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, Hawaii, they're they're a terrific team and they're definitely better than uh, Cal State Northridge. Um, you know, for me, it's just been always been a thing where it's like Hawaii's on the road. I'm staying away. Uh, that's always kind of the way I, I look at things. But, um, no, I agree with what you said. I, I think Hawaii is the better team. Uh, if they were home, I would be like, yeah, this is this is a, an easy one. But uh, just knowing they're on the road just kind of scares me off. But, um, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, if, if Hawaii wants to, to you know, make a name for themselves, if they want to 
help their ranking, if they want to do whatever, they got to win games on the road. Uh, and doesn't matter. You know, a lot of teams have had difficulties this season in terms of travel, in terms of back-to-backs. So we're not excusing Hawaii anymore. They got to win on the road, and this is a perfect spot for them to do it. Well, I knew you were going to say that, Jason, and I've got their <laughs> splits right here. Three and one ATS this year, two and two straight up. So they got a chance to get over 500. Look at that. So, and it's like you said, it's a great spot to do it. Uh, Northridge, this is a really rough, rough squad to watch. Um, not very efficient and um, just they don't really defend all that well. Um, I'm excited to tell that Long Beach State first half that, and then on top of that, I've got this other Big West action. So got all the conferences covered. No top 25 teams in play tonight, obviously, so we make do with what we got. But for people like us, we don't mind it at all. Uh, we, we get all of it in, so uh, it's more than okay. Um, side tangent here, Jason, just throwing it out there. Uh, I can't remember how much you dig in the football, but we actually got FCS football tonight, and I just wanted to acknowledge that. And we don't need to talk about it if you don't want to. I didn't prepare, but uh, I just thought it was cool. Yeah, and, you know, I'm an LSU fan in, in football, um, also Rutgers, but my girlfriend went to LSU, so I got to be an LSU fan uh, without being, you know, whatever. But yeah. um, one of the teams uh, in the FCS, it, I forget what team it was, but uh, Ed Orgeron's son, it's actually a, a, one of the uh, starting quarterbacks um, in, uh, I, on one of the teams. I that now. Um, I do recall that, and I wish I remembered. Uh, it's McNeese State. It's McNeese State. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and they picked up the win uh, in the FCS opener last week, um, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, they got a three-point win. I think it was Tarleton State against – I think it was against Tarleton State. But um, that was kind of fun to, to see that, but – yeah, there's no chance I'm putting any money on anything in the FCS. I don't know enough about it, and uh, I don't really care enough about it because, um, you know, right now I'm invested in, uh, you know, college basketball, and then I'll get ready for the uh, MLB season. And there's also the KBO, the Korean Baseball League that I destroyed in as well last year. But um, in college basketball, I, you know, I know you said we went through every single conference. Uh, however, we didn't go through the Conference USA, um, and and. I have one play in there that I figured I'd give out uh, quickly. FIU minus one in the first half at minus 121. Um, FIU, they've been a dumpster fire lately, but they're playing against another dumpster fire in Southern Miss. Uh, both teams have lost 11 straight games in non-D1 against non-D1 opponents. Uh, but I like, I like FIU in the spot at home. They shoot a lot better from three at home. I think they're eighth in the nation in – points scored from three at home and they do a lot better at home from uh, from long range and uh southern miss they're 308th in offensive efficiency shooting 46.9 percent effective field goal percentage they turn the ball over at a rapid pace fiu uh, they're aggressive they'll get turnovers on defense so that means more possessions for them um, and again southern miss 32.2 percent from three 46.3 percent inside terrible offense like i said um, and they'll struggle to get to the line. They'll struggle to get to get from rebounds. And FIU, they just shoot better. They'll be at home, 51.2% effective field goal percentage. Um, they will turn the ball over as well. But again, Southern Miss are not that big of a, a threat when it comes to forcing turnovers. FIU shooting 33.2% from long range. But again, like I said, that will increase in this game. And uh, they dominate inside as well, 52.6% from inside, which is 68th in the country. Uh, the FIU offense, it's slumped a little bit. And um, we're, not, we're not really used to seeing that. We're used to seeing an FIU team that's a fast, up-paced tempo uh, that, that scores at will at home. We haven't seen that recently, but I do think they'll get back on track versus Southern Miss. Uh, and with that said, yeah, I, I like FIU. Minus one in the first half at minus 121. That is my other official play on the day in the Conference USA. Look at that. Over there rhyming and being a poet and stuff. <laughs> Did not plan that at all. Well, since you're talking about Conference USA, I'll just throw one more out there. This is, a, as a college basketball fan perspective, you know, I just really am um, looking forward to this game. But that's Old Dominion and UAB. Um, I did take the six and a half with Old Dominion. 
Um, it's come down from the seven. You know, we've got that hook of steam, sure. Over under 131.5, it's up a point from 130.5 in the opening bell. But UAB at home, uh, you know, I'm about 98% sure they win this game. That defense is really good within the Conference USA. Old Dominion, um, feisty, feisty team, though. And uh, I think this will be a very entertaining, close game. I think this is more of a maybe one possession game. And we got a couple of uh, better than average defenses here in the Conference USA. Yeah, you know, and um, quite a, uh, a weekend last week for UAB where they lost Louisiana Tech twice. And, um, yeah, I mean, they were on the road for both those games, maybe faltering a little bit, so uh, a little scary there. Uh, if you're a UAB fan, Old Dominion coming off two solid wins versus Charlotte. Um, you know, Charlotte's offense really not that impressive. And, um, you know, they showed that UAB, they got enough offense, uh, like you said, to win this game. But, yeah, sure, it'll be a close game. And, um, you know, I think if Old Dominion can score 65 points, they'll cover. If not, if, if not, then maybe uh, they might struggle. But, uh you know, UAB didn't play their best basketball the last week. Does that carry on over into this week, or do they get back on track? Uh, it's anybody's guess, and we'll see. It's a, it's an interesting look for sure. Um, it'll definitely be a close game. I don't think this will be a blowout either way. Uh, but, you know, UAB, can they come back from, uh, you know, sweep from last week and perform a little bit better? You know, we'll have to see. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of good action in a lot of different conferences and uh, got some dogs tonight that could be barking, got some home dogs, road dogs, hot dogs. <laughs> some of these dogs are hot and that one of them is Southern Alabama, winners of their last five, four and one ATS in their last five, going on the road. They're plus 105 in the Sun Belt Fun Belt is what we like to call it. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people do. But five o'clock on Friday, fun belt. You know, what could what more could you ask for? And it's Southern Alabama, the Jags going on the road to play Appalachian State. They're getting two and a half points, but I, I actually like them on the money line. I took plus 105. And for some reason, it just spiked. I just checked, you know, again within yeah. the first five minutes. Well, heck, I might have to just double down. Uh, but obviously, seriously, though, that, just check and see why that spiked. But I saw it come down from 115, and I was kind of tracking it. And uh, I told myself if it got to 105, I would take it. And uh, so, yeah, huge spike back to 125. And now my point kind of looks a little uh, more foolish. But anywho, I still like Southern Alabama. I looked into the metrics and the comparative stats, and I like the way they play. I like how they're playing right now. I'm not sure what's going on with this late action. These lines today have been just running me in circles today, <laughs> uh, to say the least. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's a kind of the last finishing thought of mine on the college basketball slate. I didn't know if you wanted to grace us with one more. You want to take some time to just plug all your work. I mean, this is your area right here, boss. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, as you guys know, I'm a graduate assistant at the University of Hartford. Uh, yesterday – we saw the UMBC play Vermont on ESPNU. That is the uh, one game in the America East uh, that gets to be played on ESPNU on you know national television once per uh, per year, and it was that game. But um, I just want to point out that Hartford um, was going to be playing Vermont in the uh, America East Championship last year, and it should have been Hartford playing Vermont on national television, and they still put UMBC there. So I just want to call the American East out for that. And hopefully next year uh, we get Hartford on national television, ESPNU in the American East. But um, yeah, that game was great yesterday. And uh, that game is being played again today at five o'clock. Um, Vermont playing UMBC. It's always a great matchup in the American East. Um, always, it's such a great conference. And, um, you know, I think it gets a lot more respect, especially now with like UMBC being Virginia and just having Vermont uh, being a, a really consistent team in the America East. So that's always fun. So if you want to check out um, a fun America East battle and uh, check out another really great mid-major conference, definitely watch that game on ESPNU um, in a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, 
really, I really kind of struggled in college basketball in uh, December and January. And uh, I got back with it in February. I'm having a really great month. And now I'm, you know, way in the green, uh, thanks to a, a great month. And that's for everyone out there. You know, it's not always going to be perfect. Uh, but you got to stay consistent. You got to stay disciplined. You can't be chasing. You need to just be smart with all your bets and uh, try to just win a unit per day. Uh, that's my motto, try to win a unit per day. And if you win a unit per day, that's a lot of units for the entire year uh, and a lot of money that will be made. But um, I like to remind everyone, it, it's a, it, it's not, a, you know, it, we're not trying to get rich quick, you know, it's not a rich quick scheme. It's, uh, it's an everyday thing. And if you put that work in every single day and, um, you know, you, you just stay consistent, you stay disciplined, you don't do, you know, live bets and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff you're going to be profitable no matter what. And uh, that's what we're seeing now. You know, it was a terrible two months for me personally. I lost a lot of games by 0.5 points in basketball, which is just absurd. In uh, January, I had seven straight days where I lost at least one game by 0.5 points. It was the worst streak of my life. And, um, you know, you, you just, it, it stinks, but don't change anything. Just monitor what you're doing, write down what you're doing, figure out what's working for you. And then, you know, as the season progresses, as more stats come about, you're going to be able to find your, your niche and your, your spots. And it's going to be a lot easier um, as you kind of go through it throughout the season. Uh, so, like, for example, that's why I'm doing all these first halves. That's what's been profitable for me. That's what's been working for me. That's what I'm seeing well. And that's what I'm going to stick with. And uh, definitely track your progress, track what you're doing, and, uh, you know, you'll start seeing success for sure. Well, I appreciate those words, Jason, because, you know, I mean, as, and I try to not to make it so individualized to myself, because I know as sports betters and as people trying to make it in this industry, it's, uh, you know, it's especially people like yourself, you know, and you and I, that we just dig and dig and dig and we do it because we absolutely love it. And so it's a little more disheartening, you know, whenever runs and uh, bad flows like that kind of tend to happen so glad you're bouncing back out of it man I knew you would and uh you know sharp minds can't really be dulled too much you know it just it it always prevails and hey heck of a shout out on that American East batch uh matchup because uh you know and I told you my college basketball thoughts were done and I apologize but this is how it goes (laughs) uh see what you do um and then I love the UMBC bounce back right here. I'm actually on them at plus 135 tonight. Um, you know, I've been looking for a lot of those close value dogs that are just getting, uh, you know, I think kind of like what you said with your first half stuff. You know, this is something that I've started to notice within my methods and something I'm tracking a little more and um, finding these, you know, uh, matchups where it's like minuscule, you know, it's like 15 to 20 at most spots in a ranking but you know the numbers just kind of are even you know they're just neck and neck so UMBC Vermont Vermont got round one I expect UMBC to bounce back they've played more games this year so uh, might sprinkle them into a fun little um, fun night somehow Uh, maybe two three-leg parlay like I said I don't do it often but been been getting the itch a little lately Um, so (laughs) but Jason I appreciate you again so much, man. Um, the fact you made the time for this is uh, meaningful, and I know the listeners are going to enjoy it. Um, again, at Jason underscore Radowitz on Twitter, um, sportsbook review, at Doc Sports Picks, you know, amongst other things. Uh, he, he's all over the place, uh, including on this episode, which was awesome. So do not forget about the promo codes. I'm not going to beat the dead horse. Y'all know which ones I'm talking about. Um, five-star reviews are greatly appreciated. One-star reviews are appreciated if there is constructive criticism attached. So that's our motto. You got you to gotta give us something to go with. You can't just one-star us for no reason. And if you one-star this show today, this episode, that, you're psycho. You're crazy. Jason Radowitz is on the show today. So that would be baloney. Jason, but I really appreciate it again, man. Any last parting thoughts for the uh, for the listeners? Yeah, I just want to thank you for having me on second time on the podcast, and uh, 
it definitely won't be the last. I really appreciate it. And uh, I want to wish you best of luck on all your bets as well. And thank everyone for uh, listening. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we will leave it at that. Once again, listeners, I really appreciate you. And uh, Jason, I appreciate you as well, bud. As always, I'm sending all of you my good vibes and all of my good energies. Let's go win some money and let's have a fun Friday. Be safe. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.